Tonight, we're going to hopefully, for the last time, talk about the drama that has broken out between The Daily Wire and Steven Crowder. Tonight, Steven Crowder was on TimCast IRL, and I was definitely looking forward to it, and I do have some thoughts. So, let's go ahead and talk about it. So hello everybody and welcome back to Grace Nerd. My name is Eric if you're new to the channel. If you enjoy commentary about culture from a Christian worldview, talk about Christian theology, or talk about the Christian life, then make sure that you go ahead and leave a like and subscribe. And make sure you hit that notification bell so that you know when new videos like this get uploaded or when live streams begin. Or if you've discovered the podcast in audio form, make sure that you follow wherever you are. So I want to very briefly talk about what this controversy is, but if you've already clicked on this video, then you probably already know a little bit. Basically, Steven Crowder went through some negotiations with the Daily Wire, and they ultimately fell through, and then Steven Crowder eventually came out and complained about the terms of the potential contract that he would have entered into with the Daily Wire. He denied that it had anything to do with the amount of money per se, and he said that it had more to do with the fact that apparently the Daily Wire was penalizing creators who might get demonetized by big platforms. Jeremy Boring of the Daily Wire then responded and said that this was a mischaracterization, and he simply believed that if people who were creators with the Daily Wire were demonetized, then they should share the brunt of that loss of revenue with the Daily Wire. He basically said it was the reality of the situation and not any sort of intended penalty. If revenue gets lost, then it impacts everyone. Crowder then responded and revealed that he had recorded a phone call with Jeremy Boring. It then came to light that Steven Crowder had basically been planning what he called the Stop Big Con initiative ever since December. However, the phone call happened much more recently to where we are today, and so it made a lot of it seem pretty inauthentic to a lot of people. Now, I ultimately came out in my last video if you watch them, and I pretty strongly sided with The Daily Wire. I felt that Jeremy Boring explained the terms reasonably well, and once Steven Crowder basically came out in full-on attack mode, I felt that it was unwarranted and it showed really a betrayal of the friendship that he said he had with The Daily Wire. Many Daily Wire commentators came out and said the same thing. And honestly, by today, while I had attempted to be pretty magnanimous before and say, I hope both of these people succeed, my feeling of frustration with Steven Crowder and the feeling that he wasn't really pure in his motivations, that had sort of risen to such an extent that on Twitter I was like, look, if he's going to build a new platform on this kind of foundation, I'm not sure I want it to succeed. But then I said that I hoped he would change my mind on Tim Pool's show tonight. So did he change my mind at all? Well, I'll say that in some ways yes, and in some ways no. Let me get a little more specific. So I want to be clear up front about, again, what my issues were with Steven Crowder. I was upset with the way that he imputed such negative and ultimately treacherous motives to the Daily Wire. I was upset with the way that he mischaracterized the contract and basically read it selectively, and that was demonstrated very clearly by Jeremy Boring's response. And I was upset with the way that he acted inconsistently with what a friendship should look like. I thought it really betrayed a lot of trust when he recorded Jeremy Boring, and ultimately in a way that, to me, resulted in highlights from that call that really proved nothing, as I explained in my previous two videos. So what ultimately was accomplished on Tim Pool? Well, for much of the podcast, it seemed to me that Steven Crowder was basically adamantly repeating what his major complaints were over and over again. 
He continued to characterize these reductions in pay as penalties rather than a, a realistic recognition of a loss of revenue. And he continued to state what he believed were nefarious motives for this. However, on top of this, I would say he did throw in a few more elements to strengthen his case. He did seem to ultimately deny the counteroffer that he was accused of making of something like $120 million dollars. Or at least he acknowledged it, but said it didn't take on exactly the same form as Jeremy Boring had characterized it. I would recommend you watch the podcast to see what you make of his claims in this regard. I honestly was kind of confused as to what he was saying. He did seem pretty adamant that however you slice it, the Daily Wire described this counteroffer in a way that was inaccurate. He also shared an email with Tim Pool where it looked like the Daily Wire was trying to kind of poach employees away from Louder with Crowder. Again, basically tainting what seemed to be more pure motives on their part, according to them. And I'm not sure how I feel about this, because there could be different motives for this kind of thing happening. But I'd say that was a point in Crowder's favor that made things look a little bit fishy. You can make what you want of it. But there was another thing that Crowder did that I would say that I pretty strongly would disagree with. He basically accused the Daily Wire of shifting their narrative as different things were released. He basically characterized the initial phase where Jeremy Boring came out and explained the contract. And he, he characterized that as Jeremy Boring saying, this is just business. This is just business. This is just business. And then when the phone call was leaked, he said that they shifted their narrative to saying, hey, we're friends. Hey, we're friends. Basically pitting the idea of it being just a business or friends and saying, you guys are being inconsistent. But I personally did not see this inconsistency at all. When I saw Jeremy Boring's first response, he called Stephen Crowder a friend, and he talked about the positive intentions he had in this negotiation, and he never really said phrases and nasty things like, this is just a business, this is just a business, things that were so negatively characterized by Steven Crowder. And so therefore, when the call was leaked and they started talking about a betrayal of friendship, I saw no inconsistency between that and the initial words from the Daily Wire, particularly Jeremy Boring. And this was a narrative from Steven Crowder that he really jumped back to over and over again. The accusation of a shifting narrative, a shifting narrative, inconsistent accusations from the Daily Wire. And I simply didn't see this as an objective onlooker. And some other points against Steven Crowder, he did continue to repeat what were blatant inaccuracies about the nature of that term sheet. He never acknowledged that he mischaracterized the nature of the contract in regards to potential disabilities or loss of episodes or things like that. Jeremy Boring simply turned the page, like I mentioned in other videos, and he pointed out that provisions were made for legitimate reasons for missing work. That wasn't something that was talked about in this episode. Tim Pool did not press him on it, but it was a blatant inaccuracy and he never acknowledged it. He also repeated another claim that Actual Justice Warrior pointed out, and it was a claim that all of these potential potential reductions in pay added up to over 100%. This actually is really inaccurate if you look at the nature of the fees. Many of them would be counted as the same thing. So for if, for example, you were banned from YouTube after being demonetized, these would kind of be counted together and not ultimately add up to 100%. I would recommend actual Justice Warriors like hour-long video covering this topic that was before this show came out but i think he gave the best and most thorough take that really actually did point out what were actual problems with the daily wire's behavior but he ultimately i think did side much more against steven crowder regarding his actions in this situation 
And another inaccuracy he repeated again was that he claimed the Daily Wire would keep all of the shows that he already produced in perpetuity once he signed the contract. And this is simply not the case. You can read in the contract or, well, term sheet for yourself that material produced by the Daily Wire would be kept by Daily Wire. But material produced by Steven Crowder would go with him after the contract was over. And unfortunately, Tim Poole did not correct him or push back on this point. Now, it seemed clear from a poll that Tim Poole put in the live chat that the viewer's perspective basically shifted more and more into Steven Crowder's favor by the end of the show. And it had already started in his favor, but it was even more extreme by the end. And I'll acknowledge, at least in regard to that poll, I basically am siding against the majority. Now, it should be pointed out that Steven Crowder's audience actually came over from his show to Tim's show after the beginning of the show had live streamed on Steven Crowder's platform and then ended and moved his audience over. And so I would say the poll was skewed by that to some extent, and I'm sure it would have been very different if it was a live stream hosted by The Daily Wire. So I'm not sure exactly what that proves, but make of it what you will. In any case, I am definitely in the minority in relationship to Tim Pool's viewers, apparently. Now, there's some reasons why I can understand why perhaps perspective shifted or was largely in Steven Crowder's camp, and, and I think a lot of that was because many who watched Tim Pool and Steven Crowder are very much anti-establishment, whereas many would see Daily Wire as much more establishment, and I can understand the sentiment to a large extent. Steven Crowder also did a very good job basically dominating the narrative throughout the show and, again, repeating his characterization of what these fee reductions were and uh, characterizing the motive that he believed was behind them. And that was just repeated and repeated uh, throughout the show in a way that really, again, dominated and established the narrative in a way that maybe a lot of people wouldn't notice if they weren't used to a strong personality like Steven Crowder's. And again, like I said, he did offer a few receipts and did give at least a few nuggets of information that might make you question Daily Wire a little bit more, like the email that I mentioned before. So another way that I would say Stephen Crowder sort of accomplished communicating this narrative was that he basically made it clear that he did not believe that Daily Wire had any intention really ever of divesting from big tech or being fully independent and fully building their own platform. But as I pointed out, I believe in a previous video, Jeremy Boring said that it is his long-term goal to ultimately establish independent platforms. And so it seems to me that what Steven Crowder is saying is, if you don't want to do it as quickly as he does, or if you don't see now as the time, then it cannot be that it's your motive to ultimately fight big tech if you have any dependence on them at all. And so I think that ultimately is the big disconnect. It seems to me that it's a matter of pace and whether you believe that Steven Crowder's bullish moves at this point are coming from pure motives or whether he's trying to build a, an email list or something like that, or whether you believe that Jeremy Boring is actually being strategic and slow in a smart way, or whether he's just cloaking a happy dependence on big tech. And so has my perspective shifted after watching this show? Well, like I said, in some ways, yes, in some ways, no. Uh, in terms of no, I still would say that I don't like the way that Steven Crowder has characterized the Daily Wire as a whole and conservative media as a whole in imputing all of these motives to them that are so negative, basically at times saying that in some ways they are worse than the left. I simply do not believe that. I've pointed out the issues that I have with the Daily Wire in other videos. I'm by no means going to support them unquestioningly and never criticize them, but I simply don't agree with this diagnosis. Again, Steven Crowder has invented and engaged in much of the 
business model behavior that the Daily Wire has. He invented many of the strategies that they use. And ultimately, I believe that Steven Crowder was wrong to betray Jeremy Boring's trust in recording this phone call. Again, I don't think the excerpts that Steven showed from the phone call proved anything significant. And therefore, it does not justify the recording of the call in hindsight. However, after watching the show, I will say that I was pulled away from imputing the worst possible motives to Steven Crowder. Again, before I had watched the show tonight, I had gotten to the point, like I said, that I was very frustrated and I pretty much was not even willing to hope that Steven Crowder succeeds. I felt that his motives were ultimately toxic and I had lost a lot of trust in whether he even believed in the things he was saying. But I would say that by the end of Tim Pool's podcast, at the very least, I'm much more willing to believe that he does actually believe the things he's saying, whether or not I agree with him. It seems that at best, he is extremely idealistic and he is extremely angry with big tech. And he really does believe that now is the time for us to divest from big tech. Now is the time for us to separate and not be dependent anymore. And even though he admitted throughout the course of the podcast that he's actually not that business savvy, he actually brought his partner along to say some of the more business savvy sounding things. Uh, he still seemed convinced that he could actually build something. He really did seem to believe that there was an alternate model moving forward. Tim Poole seemed a lot more convinced by this possibility than Jeremy Boring did. And ultimately, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I would like to believe that now is the time for us to fully divest from big tech, for Daily Wire and other companies to really truly be independent and not have to worry about being censored. I'd like to believe that. And if Steven Crowder is right and can prove Jeremy Boring wrong, well, then hey, great. Then make Jeremy Boring adapt by watching you prove him wrong. Build something better. Build something more reliable. Build... Build a platform safer for conservatives where their voice can be heard without compromise and make the Daily Wire adapt to that. But again, I'm not willing to impute nasty motives to someone like Jeremy Boring and people in the Daily Wire just because they have a slower, more strategic, reforming perspective. I don't personally see this as compromise because, again, these are tactics that Steven Crowder has used. The Daily Wire simply believes that we need to use them for longer and they believe that eventually we will move past them. At least that's what they claim. I'm more willing to believe that than Steven Crowder is. And so where I was much more one-sided in terms of motives, I'd say before tonight, where I was really starting to turn against Steven Crowder, I still do believe his actions have been wrong, and I think he ultimately has some apologizing to do, but I'm less inclined to believe that he's being a con artist than I was earlier today. I think he actually believes in what he's doing. At least I'm more willing to believe that. And so at this point, uh, I'm probably repeating myself. Uh, those are my main thoughts. I'd be happy to hear your thoughts, whether you're on Steven Crowder's side or on the Daily Wire's side in the comments. Keep it civil, please. Um, talk amongst yourselves. I'll give them a read, maybe comment if I have any thoughts. But uh, leave a like in the video if you found it helpful at all. Make sure you like and subscribe. Again, if you enjoy commentary on culture from a Christian perspective or talk about Christian theology or the Christian life, make sure you hit that notification bell if you want to know when new episodes or videos get uploaded or when live streams happen. If you've discovered the podcast in audio form, make sure that you follow wherever you are. Again, my name is Eric. This is Grace Nerd, and we'll see you around in the next one. Thanks for watching. 